good. Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Fueled by Weird podcast, the only podcast that's smarter than the Smarties and tougher than the Toughies. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with writer Jonathan Hedrick. John, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Happy to be here Saturday morning. Likewise, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so uh, usually on the show, when I'm meeting someone for the first time, we like to kick things off with an icebreaker question. So yeah. today's icebreaker question is, what Netflix show did you binge watch embarrassingly quickly? Ooh, uh, embarrassing quickly. The first one that comes to mind is, um, what was it, Tiger King? Is that mm. what it was called? But like at the very beginning of uh, the pandemic and quarantine, yeah. man, I, I was, never did I feel <laughs> so uh, connected to society while being isolated from society at the same <laughs> amount of time. Um, but yeah, that thing pulled me in. It, it just so oh, it was like watching a, a slow um 10 car pile up <laughs> you know? oh man how have they not done like a um a follow-up on that one i'm sure like there's material out there i've heard that there was like um they're gonna do a movie too um but yeah that was that was what i embarrassed shamefully binge watched very quickly <laughs> that's nice. a good icebreaker <laughs> thanks man um i think for me it was uh well several um but the most the one i can remember is umbrella academy i'm a ah, big yes i'm a big fan of the books and so as soon as it came out i well, was all the way through it so quick. i i wouldn't even say that would be a shameful thing you know or I, embarrassing thing. that that's like you know that that's a great thing to have, have binge watch out of all the garbage that's out there you know <laughs> that, that that's that's something that's like that's quality right there so that's know. fair good 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 on you for binging that <laughs> I, I i i binge way too much stuff it's it's bad <laughs> I, I, I wish i could binge more that's the thing um i, I have to be very selective with um the, with you know the amount of timing that i have i get about maybe yeah. an hour at most of um television time and that's usually like, you know me and my wife so it's like we're yeah, I'm probably giving you way more information than nope, the, the you're, viewers you're even or listeners or even want to know. But uh, you you're know, good. We we watch together. You know, that's you know trying to be have quality time. So we, you know, it, it can't just be me what I want to watch, and it can't just be you know garbage. You know, some of it is garbage, I guess. But uh, it's got to be something that we both want to see that we're both invested in. So um, I I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean. The reason I'm able to binge so much stuff is because it just happens to be stuff my wife wants to watch too. So I I get That's, it. Yeah. Um yeah. it's it's harder to binge the stuff just that I want to watch, just because right, you know, if the wife doesn't want to watch it and the kids don't want to watch it, I gotta watch it whenever there's yeah. time that's just me, which it's summer vacation for now. So that's right. very little time I have for myself. But you know, mm. when I when I do, I kind of just sneak those shows in for myself. But yeah. Yeah. If I can get, if I can, the more people I can get on board watching it with me, yeah. then the more of a chance I'm going to be able to binge through it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to binge through um, Better Call Saul, but that would require, mm -hmm. you know, going, uh, you know, having her going through Breaking Bad, which yeah. I wouldn't mind, you know, rewatching all that for like the third time, but it's a, it's an investment in time, you know? Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. You know, fortunately, that's a factor of everything. Yep. Yeah. I got you. All right. So uh, the next question is um, with Fueled by Weird, you know, the, all the things you're into, whether they're nerdy or not, 
yeah. all your hobbies, your interests, that's the stuff that feels who you are and, you know, what feels you're weird. Yeah, um, yeah. Some, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be nerdy things. Um, just the things that you're into. So when you're not making comic books what and, you know, not binging stuff on Netflix, <laughs> right, what, kind yeah. of, what kind of things are you into? Man, um, I, I'm really big into like the tattoo culture. Yeah, you know, as you oh, can nice. see, um, <clears throat> I have two two sleeves, and um, you know, would love to have more. Um, I, I'm one of those people that um, because I have tattoos, I I don't like to like talk to people about tattoos by like looking at them. Uh, so um, mm. one one thing you know, uh, kind of circling back to the binging, um, some one of the things that my wife and I watch is the reruns of Ink Master because there's mm. so many seasons of that yeah um, uh so it, what's so great about that show too uh is you learn a lot about art in general not just you know tattoo art but you know they put these um competitors these tattoo artists in these challenges that are outside of what they're used to doing like sidewalk chart chalk art and um you know making like a mosaic with thumbtacks and stuff like that yeah. and um uh, <clears throat> as a comic book creator um especially a writer who uh doesn't have very many um you know traditional artistic skills i learned a lot from that show and tattoos in general about you know color theory and shading and composition and i think that's actually has helped to segue into comic book writing in, in a way especially when it comes to art direction yeah. um and, and what i'm looking for you know on, on a page on a panel on a cover so um, I guess I kind of cheated <laughs> with that, answering that question. Kinda no, that's that's exactly what I'm comics. looking for. But um, yeah, I, I love tattoo cultures, uh, tattoo culture in general, um, the history of it. I think it's just an amazing art form. And I'm so happy that we live in a time now, especially in America, where it's even more acceptable, where, you know, um, I'm not sure where, you, where you're located, but uh, one of the biggest grocery store change, chains we have here in the Southeast is Publix. And when I worked for them, dude, you couldn't have a beard. You couldn't have tattoos showing. Um, now, you know, they, people have beards. You go in, they got dyed colored hair. They got the tattoos are showing. I think that's so great because, you know, it makes the world less of a, um, a stuffy place. You know, we can get a lot more um, individuality uh, in culture, um, you know, day to day that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually in on the West Coast. So I'm well, not okay. the coast, but like the Northwest. So I'm in Idaho. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you so guys we, don't got Publix out there. <laughs> no, I've heard of it, but we don't have it. But I'm I'm familiar with that though because I I don't have sleeves currently, but I do have a few tattoos. Looking yeah. to hopefully get more soon. Um, right. but I used to work at a place where long beards like this were very upon yeah i mean yeah. the facial hair you've got currently right now was kind of like that's okay. about as far as you can go and yeah. i used to kind of keep mine short like that and you know i've got a, a couple of forearm tattoos that mm -hmm. if i didn't have covered up i'd always get like the the look like oh you're one yeah. of those guys you have tat like i interviewed for an internal position there and the entire time i was interviewing the person just looked at my tattoos like they weren't even listening to my answers and i'm like oh, all right i Let's just let's just cut this interview short because I know where it's not going anywhere. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. The and that was probably at least 10 years ago. So I think the mm -hmm. fact that um I agree with you, the fact that you know tattoos are becoming more more common and more um yeah. mainstream. Yeah, more mm -hmm. mainstream. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to 
to to have that and they're not you know like you said frowned upon and you know having there's not like where i work now it's great because you know they don't care if you have beers they don't care if your ears are pierced if you have Mm -hmm. i think for the most part i think you know facial piercings probably aren't like more than like a nose or ears probably is okay but Mm -hmm. you have beards you can have tattoos they don't care as long as you do your work which is right right that's that's the uh in general the most important thing are you doing your work you know um like my um you know non-comic book job my day job is in uh healthcare and i don't have to hide my tattoos but i choose to do it uh, because i'm interacting with patients um you know all day long and um it's less of you know uh, me want, worried I might offend someone and more of a distraction because a lot of people yeah. are, are like, oh, you know, tattoos and uh, and they start having a conversation with me, which I wish I had time for. But it's like I got another patient behind you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I hate <laughs> to cut you off. So in order to keep the day, you know, running smoothly and staying on track and keeping yeah. everyone's, you know, appointments on time. I, you know, I hide the, the sleeves and, and little, uh, a lot of people at work don't even realize it, which is even a, a cooler effect, you know, when people yeah. are uh, forming their own uh, personal opinions on you when they don't see your tattoos, then they see them and it's like, yeah. whoa, and it's like, um, like a don't judge the book by its cover type philosophy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um. So comic book writing, you know, you said you do that outside of your normal non-comic yeah. book job. Right. What was it that originally got you into wanting to be a writer in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I always um, naturally, I think, was was a writer. You know, um, uh, I loved when I was a kid and in grade school, I excelled in that area. But, you know, that's not something when you're a, a kid and in high school that is like, a glamorous type thing you know uh you know you, people want to excel in, in sports they want to be on the basketball team they want to be good at playing an instrument because they idolize athletes and rock stars and you know no one has you know their favorite um writer uh, uh you know hanging on a, a framed poster on the on their bedroom wall you know yeah. um so i i always had um teachers telling me that I should, you know, um, do something with it. But I'm like, do what with it? When you're a kid, you know, it's like, what do you do? Write books? It's like, you almost hate books when, when you're yeah. in school because it's like, a, it's pushed on you, you know, read more, uh, you know, textbooks and things like that. It, they have such a, a negative connotation to the, to them. But I did, I always liked reading uh, for my own personal um, pleasure. And, you know, when it comes, came to having to to write for an assignment in school it didn't um you know it wasn't hard it, it came naturally and sometimes I would get marked off for writing too much you know I, I I couldn't condense you know what I wanted to say in their parameters their you know um word limits their page limits all, um you know not all always the case but um like like I was saying I didn't know what to do with them like you know you, how do you you achieve you know success writing um so i didn't do anything with it you know i always just wrote for my own personal pleasure jotted things down in, in composition books type something up on in a word file and never showed it to anyone um then about like 10 years ago i took a chance and i started um submitting to uh, some magazines um sh- short story type stuff 
yeah didn't get any any response any positive response back you know either got nothing back or or just knows i was yeah. like all right you know this pro this thing probably isn't for me um and then about five years ago i saw a youtube um interview with a comic book writer named doug wagner which i who i really admire and um i asked him in the chat the, it was a, a live interview you know how does one become a comic book writer and he said, the best advice that I ever got, um, he said, just make a comic book. I was like, oh, that's, that's just too easy, you know? Yeah. So I dusted off one of my um, short stories um, that I wrote, you know, long form, and um, researched how to write a comic book script, um, looked online, checked out some books from the library, um, and adapted that into the comic book script format. And then I had this like 24 page one shot and I was like, well, now what do I do with it? Asked around um, local community, online community, um, got, got some direction on how to hire an artist. Um, so I hired an artist, gave him the script. Um, he um, suggested a, a, a colorist and suggested a letterer and someone suggested a printer. And one thing led to another. And I had this tangible item that came from um, you know a, a script that i wrote and then i figured out how to how the the streamline you know process works you know once i knew how the project management management side can be done all, all that was left was me to to write um uh, and i figured that part out so um it kind of one project led to another one kind of like in a tattoo in, in a way you know you, you while when you're getting tattooed you're already thinking of your next one you know I, I I wrote that first comic book and I was already thinking had an idea for the next one and the next one so um you know that's why I had uh, my first you know year or two I had so many projects out because I already had these ideas uh, yeah. uh the only thing that was stopping me was you know finances and, and you know knowing the the ins and outs of the operating side of it all so you know that's what leads me here today Nice. And, you know, um, I'm a writer myself and I've written quite a few, few short stories. So I'm kind of experienced. Mm -hmm. I, so I can, I can relate with, you know, what you're talking about where yeah. like in school where they're like, you know, write a 500 word paragraph on this thing. Like, yeah. and everyone's like, Oh my God, 500 words. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? Like I could yeah. knock 500 words is nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. So I'm going to get, get, get graded. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get points taken off because I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna keep it to 500 words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, getting the, getting the courage up to submit stuff out in the world is, is yeah. tough. Like is, I've, man. I've only officially done it once and I got a letter back saying that they weren't interested in that was disappointing, but yeah. at the same time, also encouraging. I mean, right. I guess it's not encouraging enough because I haven't tried again, but, um, but that's cool that you stuck with it and, you know, kind of kept going with it. Cause yeah, they, I mean, I just talked about this yesterday with, um, another person I was talking to where, um, you know, they've, they tried to submit short stories and it just wasn't working. So they just mm -hmm. switched from short stories or not short stories, but they were writing, um, RPG texts and they switched mm -hmm. from that to comic scripts and that's where, you know, I mentioned that I've had the most trouble is trying to switch from long form to script writing because they've yeah. they've said that it's harder to do it the other way. And right. it's super easy to go, you know, from long form to scripting. That's that's the part I've always had trouble with. So that's that's really good advice. You know, go, you know, research it because the mm -hmm. the best advice I've been giving is is or that I've been given is there's no wrong way 
to write a script. And I mean, there's exactly. a few things, there's a few things you can stick with that most people mm-hmm. stick with, but you know, the best way to do it is just to do it. Yeah, so that's exactly. Just, just, just do it. That, and that's what Doug said, you know, um, make, make one. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And, and I, I learned by doing, I stumbled, I made mistakes. I still make mistakes to this day. Um, but, um, you know, I'm making less, less mistakes every time I do it, or I'm making a new mistake that I never got to before, because I just haven't got that to that point yet. And I had to learn that at that time. So, um, yeah, uh, this industry, you you don't make it without making mistakes. It's impossible. That's fair. So, all right. So when you're coming up with the ideas for stuff that you're writing, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what inspires your ideas or where do you, where do you pull your ideas from? Oh man, they come from all kinds of different direction. Um, sometimes it comes from, you know, just listening to a song. Uh, sometimes it'll, I'll be thinking of an idea while watching a movie. I'm like, you know, kind of, I'm watching this uh, movie and I'm like, oh, you know, I like the idea, but what if it happened this way instead? And I kind of like retool it in, yeah. in my own head. Um, like I was watching, um, uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer um, the other day at the movie theater, and I probably spent the majority of those three hours coming up with my own, you know, uh, scientist uh, comic book fantasy um, thing. Nice. Uh, not, not saying anything bad about that movie. It was oh, great. yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there were some parts where I was like, I, I can... I can go into my own little brain <laughs> for yeah. now and, and wait for Christopher Nolan to pull me back in. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it comes from many different things. Um, I, I tell people that ask me about writer's block, you know, if, if you're, um, if you're getting writer's block, then you need, that means you just need to be inspired. So um, stop writing and read something, watch something, listen to something, uh, however long that, that takes uh, because um you know being a writer doesn't mean always writing that that's not what you have to do to be a writer um yeah. it, um it, it never hurts uh supporting another creator uh in your endeavors to be a cre- creator so um i i often take pauses in, in my own productive writing to read listen watch um that uh, in my sub stack, you know, I typically try to hit that, hit those things. You know, I mentioned, you know, one of my projects and then what else am I looking at? You know, I don't want it to always be about me. Yeah. What, it, what movies have I watched? What TV shows have I watched? What comic books have I, I read? You know, who am I, uh, what other projects outside of my own am I supporting and I'm interested in? You know, that, um, that travels a lot further than just talking about yourself all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. That's um for for pulling ideas, you know, just because um you're inspired by an idea doesn't mean that it necessarily is a bad idea. Um right. and definitely grabbing those ideas that may sound weird or if you were to like take it and say, you know, I could do it this way, doesn't necessarily mean the way is bad. Like for your example, Oppenheimer because you found a way to make it better doesn't mean necessarily that one's a bad idea. Just, and that's where a lot of the good ideas come from is um, you, you take an idea that already exists and you kind of put your own twist on it. Like, um, and I've mentioned this before in other interviews that I was reading one of Felicia day's books about Mm -hmm. creativity. And she had mentioned something about a dinosaur in a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds so stupid. Right. She's like, you know, just weird things like that help trigger your writer's block and get rid of it because writer's block is something I've 
had an issue with and I'm sure all writers have had an issue with but then I I thought about it and I'm like you know if I don't be so critical of this you know dinosaur in a tuxedo I'm like you know Mm -hmm. what if you were to take like James Bond and switch out James Bond with a dinosaur so you've got dino so yeah, like, double O Dino. That's that's a cool I'm idea. I'm stealing that I, right now. I'll grab, grab my pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an idea I've kind of been tooling with that I thought was yeah. kind of interesting. So it's you know you just kind of just let your brain go, mm-hmm. and you know even if you think an idea is dumb, it might end up being something that's really fun if you just right. kind of just take the inner editor out because the inner editor is sometimes going to kill the the worst the best idea. Of course, yeah. Uh, don't don't edit your your don't edit your first draft of yourself, you know, to, just go into it, spill it all out, you know, just know that it's your first draft, come up with the craziest ideas, and then go back in your second, third draft, clean it up, um, but yeah, uh, get get those ideas out of your head, because you don't waste anything, that's something, yeah. you never know what, what could be awesome, you know, you could pro- take any, like, movie, comic book, um, and, and break it down to the very, you know, bare bones, and the, the best, you know, most successful ones, if you you know break it down to just the log line, could sound really stupid. And on the flip side, some of the worst movies, worst comic books, you break it down just the log line, it could have been awesome. You know, yeah. you know, at, at one point, someone thought it was awesome, and, and they invested that much time to it. So um, maybe it just lost it, itself on the way there, or it gained yeah. just the right amount of, you know, fuel to make it better from that point. So you never know. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you'll take an idea for a story, and I'm sure this happened to you, where you take what you want the story to be, and you start writing it, and then the story takes you in a completely different direction than what you thought, and sometimes it ends up being even better. Yeah, 100%. All right, well, so, you know, you've got an awesome shirt that displays your (laughs) most recent comic book, Spill Blood. It's on Kickstarter right now. It's it's killing it right now. Um, Yeah, thank you. For people that aren't familiar with it, mm-hmm. what like what's a synopsis to to how would you sell it to the people that are listening right now that may not have heard of it? Yeah, I, I sell it as uh, I tell on people it's a thirty six page one shot uh, in black, white, and red, and it's about this haunted priest who listens to people in his confessional booth by day, and then at night he turns into something else. And he goes out there and seeks vengeance on the worst sins that he heard. So uh, essentially cutting the snake off at the head. He doesn't necessarily kill those sinners that he heard, but he goes to the places where they were sinning and you know wipes those places off the face of the earth because he's um, he feels like heaven and hell aren't doing their job. And while he's on earth, he's uh, going to do what those places can't do. So it's very, it's dark, it's uh, heavy religious undertones, or, or not even undertones, but um, uh, has a very cool noir style uh, to it. Uh, uh, I liked it, uh, someone compared it to um, uh, the Grendel from the, those 90s um, Dark Horse days. Okay. It's got some Punisher vibes, some Hellboy vibes, some Daredevil vibes, Ghost Rider um, and yeah, it's got killer artwork by Stefano Cardicelli, which is, this is our fourth one shot together. So we know how to work together. Um, and it, it's just going to be a really cool, um, you know, like a, a heavy metal one shot. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people who like things a little bit on the, the darker 
side, like the uh, grindhouse type side, are really going to dig. Nice. So um, how is this Kickstarter performing compared to maybe other Kickstarters that you've done in the past? Well, so far, this is the um, highest dollar amount funded uh, Kickstarter I've um, run out of, I think this is my 11th Kickstarter, oh, nice. um, with uh, 10 of them being su successful. Um, and um, not the highest backed yet, but we still got you know, about five days left. Um, so we could get there. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, we were funded um, within 28 hours. Uh, now we're 200% um, there. We, we uh, doubled our funding goal and we unlocked a lot of, lot of great stuff. You know, starting to, to run out of ideas for the stretch goals, <laughs> which is a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, the basic um, reward tier, the $5 digital reward gets you not just spill blood um 36 page pdf of spill blood but now we've given added uh two other comic books written by me and drawn by stefano cardicelli so that's that five dollar reward is actually giving you 75 percent of the comic books that him and i have worked on together so about wow. about 84 pages of comic books for a five dollar reward tier i mean yeah. we're we're, we're not trying to you know make a million dollars off this campaign we're trying to get what we need to make it and then uh add a, as much extra value as possible to the pledges that's awesome no, thank now you. with you know i was looking at the pages and they look amazing um thank you what was your inspiration of just going with just white black and red yeah well um well the first image that i saw of spill blood was um of this very black and um black and red pinup that Stefano sent me and he just um sent me the, the image he goes Jonathan I made this I don't know what it is but I want to make a comic book off of this <laughs> I was like oh all right <laughs> um uh and so um I looked at the image and I formed you know the I was brainstorming and made the synopsis from what I saw and he really liked it uh and then we talked about the uh the style of the artwork and his the other three books we did together he always did it traditionally with watercolors um and we were thought about doing that again but i i really liked the that pinup he sent me was digital and i was like i mean i really like this look Let, let's do it this way throughout you know let's do something different you know why yeah. why um you know, just do the repeat the same thing and, and not change it up. I think we got something there. Um, and uh, it always helps doing things digital just for timing um, purposes too. Um, you know, a lot of great things can come out from, you know, digital artwork um, when done right. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we're, we landed it that way. We're just like, let's keep this black, white, and red. Um, a lot of classic books uh, have, have done well with that, you know. Yeah. Um, Sin City, you know, very, you know, uh, few colors and it's mostly black, white, you know, sometimes, you know, you have that that yellow in, in there, here and there, um, but, it, but when you see it, it's very striking. So I think it, it really lends, the black, white and red really lends to the theme of the comic book, um, the style of it, the, the identity that we're trying to give it, which is that it's this, you know, it would fit in on, you know, the, uh, in that an 80s 1980s 
you know, um, video rental store in, in that, you know, horror section where uh, the ones that you didn't see ever come to the theater, but like, you know, yeah. you, you know, you've heard your friends talk about that one. That's like the hidden, you know, cool one. Um, that's kind of the vibes we really wanted to give for, with this one. Yeah. Especially with that Brian Silverback's cover. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian's so talented. Um, yeah. uh, he, he's no stranger to you know, my books. He's done a ton of covers for me. Uh, him and I go way back. Um, yeah, uh, he, he very talented guy. So happy that he gifted us that that cover. You know, that's he, cool. He, uh, didn't I didn't ask him? Didn't commission him? Um, he didn't want money for it. He just said, "Man, just put it in people's hands." So we didn't even make it a stretch goal. We just said, "All right, um, we just put it out there. Nine dollar add on if you want it." So that's cool. It received very well. So super cool, of Brian, to do that. Shout out to yeah. him. He got nominated uh, for uh, Best Cover Artist in the Ringos this year. So, hope fingers crossed that he wins. Yeah, for really, sure. Well-deserved. Yeah, for sure. He's an incredible artist. Yeah. Now, you said this one is a one-shot. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have plans to do other books in this universe? Do other books, you know, with this particular character? Or do you just plan on just having just this one? No, I, I'm, I'm open for another one. I, I would love to... Uh, if things go well, do maybe like a a, tri uh, a trilogy of one shots. Because um, okay. I, I like the, the this particular um, comic is, it has basically told in like three vignettes. Um, so I, I would like to flesh out the character and history a little bit more in, in like a, a second one shot. Um, and yeah, since it's being um, received very well, I, I think it, it would. Uh, it justifies us doing at least at least another one uh, and seeing if it that one goes as well too. It it, it couldn't hurt. So I'll have yeah, to let sure. uh, you know ask um, Stefano about it. See if, if he's up for it. You know. Um, but yeah, I would love to return to to spill blood and and make more. I have to think of a lot more uh, kicks uh, stretch goal rewards though. <laughs> <laughs> we did almost right. everything in this first campaign, so. Hey, just throw it all against the wall and see what goes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No one's That's gonna complain awesome. about free tchotchkes. That's right. Yep. Can't complain about free stuff. Yeah. Now, um, after this Kickstarter's over, what what's next for you? Like, do you have anything that you can talk about um, that you can share with the listeners? Yeah, there, there's um a, a limited amount of stuff I can talk to talk about. Um, okay. You no, know, um, I do have my um looking at my dry erase board that's behind uh my laptop that which mm -hmm. has like my projects and plans so yeah. um quicksand um uh, my book with scout comics is um will be coming out you know um issue one's already out issue two comes out august 23rd three four and five um will follow suit um i also have capable which is out in stores um there's been a big delay between issues one and two issue one is already out Issue two should be in uh, previews next month, from what I've been told by the publisher. That's a nice. seven-issue miniseries, so that will be going on through uh, the rest of the year and into uh, 2024. Um, let's see. Uh, I have uh, a passion project that I'm getting the first issue all one and done, hopefully pitching that to like big indie publishers to get like that next step up. Uh, my wife and I are working on a one-shot. My wife is Francesca Fantini, super talented artist. Um, she's done Steak at Scout, Artemis and the Assassin at Aftershock. 
Uh, nice. We just uh, signed a contract um, this weekend uh, for our one shot to come out with a publisher. So hopefully that'll be in stores most likely um, beginning of 2024. So look for announcement for that. That's awesome. And then um, I'm starting, uh, I, I got artwork done for the first issue of a new mini series, which is uh, another all ages story. I did uh, an all ages one shot with Stefano um, called the Space Cadet, but I want to do a mini series now. And I got artwork done for the first one, getting the um, colors and letters done on that one to pitch to um, the very few uh, publishers that do all ages um, stories. So yeah. um, maybe one of those might land in, on Kickstarter first for um, funding purposes. But besides that, um, also publishing to some, I mean, pitching to publishers uh, on a daily basis, the ones that I've been invited to um, pitch to. It's um, going back to, you know, getting the rejection, you know, letters and emails. It's it's tough. Um, I think 99% of the stuff I put out there gets rejected. So it's, it's a hard um, pill to swallow uh, all the time. But um, yeah. Can't, can't hurt to try yeah i mean you're gonna get the same kind of answer you get if you don't try that if you do try so exactly yep if you, if you don't ask the question the answer is always no that's what yep. i say exactly yep. and i guess that kind of rolls into my last question for you mm -hmm. um what's some advice that you give to up-and-coming creators or creators that just haven't you know started doing their thing yet that want to Oh man, the one thing, uh, my advice is something that I've been trying to uh, take myself and focus on uh, myself lately, and that's growing your circle. Um, you could have be the most talented person, write the most ingenious script, have the op best comic book, but if you don't have uh, a big enough circle, it, it, no one's going to see it. Um, and, and that's just, that's an unfortunate fact. Um, you know, uh, I've had many comic books published over the years. You know, Recount was a huge success. Uh, I, you know, I get told all the time, and I'm not, I'm saying this as humble as possible. You know, I love your comic books, blah blah blah. But you know, Spill Blood has just barely over 200 backers. That is that's a very small number compared to what you need to have successfully in the mainstream. Uh, market and for like yeah. direct market sales if spider-man only had 200 people buying it it would not remain on the shelf so yeah. how do you grow your circle how do you grow your network you can only do that by following other people you have to follow other people you have to engage um with other people and it can be very hard to do with you know um, when you're introverted like myself um when you're um, self-reliant, like I, I can be sometimes, but got to put yourself out there and um, you got to get uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's that's um, the like mantra that I tell myself. If something feels uncomfortable, probably means I probably need to do it. I mean, it probably feels uncomfortable because I don't want to do it, but it, I need yeah. to. Um, this is uh, the 13th, uh, interview number 13 out of 15 I have scheduled for the 30 days that spill blood on is on Kickstarter oh wow it's you know would I like to uh to avoid doing interviews absolutely but <laughs> I gotta do them and yeah. I get better at at them 
every time I do them. So like like that, you know, get get put yourself out there, go to um a comic book stores, promote yourself, be your biggest advocate because even when you're signed with a publisher, you're still gonna have to be your biggest advocate. No one's going to promote you more than you're promoting yourself. Yeah. So if you're promoting yourself very little, everyone else is going to promote you very little. So uh, uh, until you can get into, um, you know, uh, awesome big leagues where, you know, the um, uh, big companies have uh, marketing departments that pay people to do all that stuff for you, you, you need to get be better at that because you're going to go through all that um, blood, sweat, and tears to, to make that, that, you know, product and, and it's going to land on very few people. So grow your network. And when you figure out how to do it, let me know, because <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, like you said, you should definitely be your biggest fan because mm -hmm. if, if people see that you're not really promoting yourself, you know, they're like, well, why do I want to invest in this guy if he doesn't even right. care about his own thing? And, you know, they always say, you know, it's really bad to talk about yourself, but I would imagine in this line of work, yeah, you definitely need to talk about yourself because if you don't, who else is going to? 100%. You know, my all my social media uh, platforms pretty much turned into spill blood accounts for the past, <laughs> starting like three weeks before the campaign went live. Yeah. So I, and I'm sure it, it hurt some of my, you know, my follow, you know, some, I'm sure people have unfollowed me, unfriended me, you know, because they got sick of, you know spill blood spill blood spill blood but you know uh those are the people i don't need in my circle and you yeah. have to weed those people out in these type of moments you'll find out who the real ones are when you're doing the hardest work um and that's just uh, how the case goes so you know don't be broken hearted if that first um kickstarter doesn't get um funded or um you know if you know you're pitching to publishers and they're all saying no Man, just prove them wrong. But you know, you can only do that by continue to doing it. Though you to continue to yeah. do it, um, uh, you, you'll prove them right if you stop. Yeah, and, you know, it's definitely a lot harder to do this kind of thing if you have a small circle, like you said. And I know, and, and also being introverted, which is something I can definitely relate to, because mm -hmm. um, I've kept a very small circle for a long time because I'm introverted, and yeah. that circle kind of fell apart. And, you know, I'm kind of rebuilding that circle too. And I've, I've recently kind of grown it bigger than it's ever been. And it's, it's great. And I'm just trying to grow it bigger. So, and the easier part of, and this seems to be a common thread with a lot of creators I've talked to is, you know, it's hard to do stuff by yourself. So you need to find stuff that, or you need to find people that are doing stuff, not necessarily even similar to you, but just that are out there doing stuff because yep. without that support system, it's, it's real lonely to just, you know, to be a writer and not have anybody supporting you or even have anyone that's like, yeah, go and write because that's your thing and you like doing that thing. So go do your yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we live in, in the age of the Internet where we can have that support all the time. I can't imagine yeah. what it was just, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. People must have been even um, more isolated, even if they wanted to be, uh, you know, more extroverted. So. Yeah. Uh, pound the pavement, go to your local comic book stores, make friends with those people, uh, you know, support them. That's the biggest thing. I, I keep on just telling people support other people that, you know, 
so people will support you. You want people to share your posts, you need to be sharing other people's posts. Exactly. You want people to back your campaign, you better be backing other people's campaigns. That's just how, how it goes, you know? There's yeah. no way you can do this in your own personal silo. You know, oh, yeah. very few people could uh, can write, draw, letter, print, uh, mail, uh, uh, you know, distribute their comic book 100% on their own and have it be successful. Can it be done? Absolutely. Is it going to be successful? I don't know. I guess it all depends on what your idea of success is too. So, yeah. And, you know, like you said, you know, other people, you have to support other people if you want people to support you. And I know that's a big issue that I've seen where, you know, you'll put out something and you expect all these people to to back it or share it or whatever, but then right. they don't return the same favor to you exactly. um, or you don't return the favor to them because right. that doesn't, that's, you can't expect people to share your stuff without sharing their stuff too. And it's right. really, it's really obnoxious. The people who will only talk to you when they have stuff going on. Yes. Like people who will jump in your DMS. You're like, Hey, I have this, this Kickstarter. You should back my Kickstarter. But it's like, mm -hmm. if you're only talking to me because you need me to back your kick or share your Kickstarter, yeah. that's, that's the entirely wrong way to do it. Like yeah. you, you need to support other people. If you want them to support you, that's, that's incredible. Right. And you know, like you had said before, with being uncomfortable, that's mm -hmm. definitely something that you need to get more comfortable with. You right. know, for example, you know, doing video interviews like this, mm -hmm. I used to be completely uncomfortable with doing video interviews. Sure. But you know, our wonderful uh, editor Jackie, he said, you know, you just just do it. It doesn't yeah. matter if you once you do the first one, it's gonna suck, and that's mm -hmm. okay because every time you do the first one, it's going to suck. So you need to just get out there and just do it. And then eventually you'll just, it'll just be second nature. Yep. Uh, my, like going back to the Kickstarter stuff, my very first one failed, you know, and then I, I learned from that failure, backed a lot more Kickstarters. I uh, took the good and bad from what I saw from those creators, putting that stuff out uh, and relaunched. And, and that one got funded in the, in the first day. It was a very low funding goal, uh, but I got funded. I was able to, make up the cost of what I put into it was able to fulfill the campaign and, you know, snowball after that. So it wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have done it, been able to done it if I didn't fail before. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. So let's give you some chance to uh, plug yourself. Where can we find the Kickstarter? Where can we keep up with you on social media for the new stuff that's coming out? Um, the easiest way on uh, my website, jonathanhedrickcomics.com, uh, that's uh, a good hub for everything else. Um, if you go there right now, it'll have a, a pop-up that'll take you to the Kickstarter for Spill Blood. And then if you stay on my website, I have links to all my social media um, platforms. I have um, uh, where my next signings are going to be. I have a web store if you want to purchase something directly from me. I have links to my publisher's websites to if you want to go on there and um, get uh, a quick link to go straight to Black Box and buy Dream Master, my, my comic book with them, or links to Scout to buy Recount or Quicksand or, or Space Cadet. Um, uh, you can sign up for my sub stack there. So I, I just make it simple for everyone, jonathanhedrickcomics.com, and then you know everything can you know go. Uh, it's Grand Central. <laughs> you can go anywhere from there. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for for us, you can find this interview when it's posted. All our, all sorts of other reviews 
interviews and stuff in the world of pop culture and geekdom on geek-network.com. That's our website. Uh, Geeks AZ on Instagram and Twitter. Geek Network on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at CD is Weird. The music for the show is by Polygon Horizon. My friend's in that band. It's a great band. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, the logos for the show are done by my friends Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher. They're also comic creators. You can go find them on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, and if you like the show, please leave a review and tell your friends word of mouth is our friend. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly. Jonathan, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it.